Welcome to Waterford Happy New Church, Year, everyone. located in Victoria, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us Good today. to see all of you today. We're going to look at this text of Scripture, and I'm going to do sort of a traditional thing on New Year's Day, especially since it's January 1st. I'm going to challenge you to make a few resolutions today out of this text of Scripture. So I want you to look immediately at uh, Luke chapter 18, verse 17. This is the key verse that you and I need to understand, and uh, we need to live all of, uh, what year is it, 2023, <laughs> got to adjust. We have to live all of 2023 with this uh, holy ambition in our hearts and our minds. So listen as I uh, read once again what Mike just read. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. So just think about that for a moment. You must receive the kingdom of God like a child if you're going to enter the kingdom of God. And I want to sort of kind of expand what Jesus is saying here, what he means here, because Jesus isn't saying, this is how you become a Christian. You must become like a child. He is saying that, but he's actually giving you the posture for the entire Christian life. You must live all of your Christian life like a little child, or you will not continue to enter into the kingdom of God. You're, when you enter the kingdom of God, you're not walking into a position. You're ent entering into not just a position, but the realm of the dominion of the king of kings. And he is expanding his kingdom. So when Jesus comes in the Gospels, he announces, uh, repent, why? For the kingdom of God is here. And against the backdrop of the Roman Empire, there is a new empire. And that empire, the Roman Empire, sought to have dominion over all the nations. Now they would fail. But this dominion is an everlasting dominion. This kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And Christ, when he comes in his kingdom, he intends not only to expand the kingdom for all time and eternity and all of the universe and all of the nations, he means to expand it into all of Kevin Dibley. And if you want to uh, enter the kingdom of God, you must receive the kingdom of God like a child. So kids, you're important today. Uh, in this because you're a living illustration. Jesus was looking at children and talking to adults and saying, you got a thing to learn here from these little ones. People were bringing, actually, the, the idea of infants were babies, vulnerable little ones, asking, and the disciples are going, don't you know he's doing kingdom work? And Jesus says, whoa, 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 whoa. You want to know what kingdom work is? Look at these little children and watch. They now become exhibit one on the kingdom of God. So at Christmas time, we had a, we had a good time with Mary Ann's family. We had 17 of us in the house for three days. And uh, so if I look tired, it's because I always look tired, but I was a, you know, a little uh, exceptionally tired this week. And one of the things the kids uh, were doing is they all had Rubik's Cubes. Anybody uh, know what a Rubik's Cube is? Anybody own a Rubik's Cube in here? 
Okay, they're still around, right? Okay, good. So you guys, do you guys know how to do a Rubik's Cube? Are you fast? So the kids were competing. We would mess up the Rubik's Cube, and the kids would begin to solve it. And Blaze, uh, one of our teenage nephews, uh, Blaze was like really fast. He was the fastest. And I heard him talking, explaining it to one of the adults. (laughs) Uh, He goes, there's algorithms. And when you look at it, you have to be able to see the algorithms. And when you see the algorithms, you'll know how to solve it. And of course, you saw the adult glaze over, (laughs) going, okay. Um, But what he meant was, there's a way that if you have the habit of seeing things a certain way, then you'll be able to, to address the problem. And that's what I want you to see about this text. This is no little text. This is a kingdom text. And Jesus says to us, if you can look at the circumstances of your life from the perspective of a child in the kingdom, you'll be able to go through it by faith. You'll be able to enter in the kingdom, receive the kingdom, participate in the kingdom. So you and I need to think about this because it's not just a like moment how I enter. It's now the way you live your life. It's how you see so this might have been the worst Christmas you've had, and, and I'm sorry if that's the, the case for you. If it's one of the worst Christmases you have, there's good news in here. You don't have to fix it. You don't have to master it. You just need to receive it like a kingdom, like a, a child. Enter in the kingdom that way. Uh, if you're flying high and you think, man, this was 2022 was a banner year, business-wise, family-wise, health-wise, uh, agenda-wise, dream-wise. It was a, a, let me tell you this. You better get this straight right off the bat. That if you did none of it like a child, it was not a banner year. It was not a banner year. And so this is what I want to do. This is a little family talk before we get the get the year going, and I want to ask the question, how do you receive the kingdom of God like a child? And I I think in Jesus' teaching, it's pretty clear, so we can just walk through. Here's the first thing. What is a child? Helpless. That's the first thing that Jesus is teaching here. These are little children. In context, we have to remember that in many places now and in many times in history, children were exceptionally vulnerable to disease. The, the infant mortality rate was high. Parents were constantly anxious over their little ones. And so when they were bringing these little ones to Jesus, it was because the parents felt helpless. Parents, how many of you feel? You don't have to raise your hand. The moment that child is born or conceived, you feel helpless right? Because you got more on your hands than you ever imagined. More beyond your control than you could ever do. But this is what they're doing. They're coming with these children feeling helpless. It's okay. Here's the first thing Jesus means. If you want to receive, you want to enter into the kingdom of God, you must face and embrace helplessness. It's so countercultural to us. So many of us feel like competency is the measure of my strength. Handling it, I got this, is what we want to hear. We're trying to negotiate all the parameters of our lives into such a way that we can say, now I'm on a roll. I got news for you folks about 2023. 2023 is another year where you're going to feel helpless. You just need to embrace it. Jesus is saying, ask for help. 
if you want to enter the kingdom. Commit yourself, that's what I want you to hear today, commit yourself to learning to become comfortable with being, in, being weak and vulnerable for the sake of the kingdom of God. And, and, and so, do you hear what I'm saying here? When Jesus is saying enter the kingdom of God, what he actually means is the kingdom advances not by the powerful, but by the weak. Not by the mighty, but by children. The little ones. And you need to take that posture and embrace. And and I'm just going to add a little fatherly advice to you this morning. Some of the reasons why your children are struggling adult children or teen children are struggling is because you've been trying to sell them that their competency is absolutely necessary to their success. And they watch you trying to pull your world together and be successful, and then they think in their heads, A, I can't be like that, and B, um, you and your competency is blowing up my world. We need a lot more parents. This doesn't mean you don't try hard, work hard. Think smart, do well. But my dear friends, the kingdom of God only advances when the people of God get on their knees and say, help me, Jesus. They seek his face. You have to admit that you're helpless. Listen to David Garland. He says, infants are utterly helpless and dependent on others for survival. Consequently, infants are open to being helped. Are you open to being helped? Waterbrook, we don't have to be the most competent, impressive church in Carver County. We have to be the most helpless church in Carver County who have only one hope. If Jesus doesn't show up, we die. If he doesn't meet me in my weakness, I have nothing to offer you. From the worship leader to the Sunday school teacher to the sound booth tech, from the greeter at the door, we walk in and say, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Listen to Chad Bird. The life of discipleship is not about us getting stronger. It's about us becoming increasingly aware of our weakness and the Lord's strength. Emptied of himself, filled with Jesus. The words of Jesus, the ba- John the Baptist, are the words of a follower of Christ. He must increase. I must what? Decrease. Decrease. Jesus' exhortation to become like a little child says... Don't live the safe life that you're trying to manage in your own strength. Even that's beyond you. My dear friends, Paul wrote it this way. He struggled with competency. He was a Pharisee. He became a Christian. He was trying to hold it together and to be strong. God gave him a thorn in his flesh. He said, God, take my weakness away. And God says, no, this is how I work. He said, God, take my thorn away. And God says, no, it's not how it works. He prayed another time, God, take my thorn away. And God says, no, it's not how it works. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, Paul says, but God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. My dear friends, 2023 is a year of boasting in our weakness so that God's power might be made known. Andrew Murray says, we only need to think for a moment what faith is. It's not the conf- is it not the confession of nothingness and helplessness, the surrender and the waiting to let God work? Is it not in itself the most humbling thing there can be? The acceptance of our place as what? Dependence. Gail, you just read from 
Psalm 139, which clearly declares, my life is in him. In him I live and move and have my being. In him alone is my hope, right? He knows my thoughts. He determines where I live. He counts my days. Here's the best news. He has you. He has come for you. So let me ask you to say something. Say church family. I'm actually literally asking you to speak out loud here. Just in case you think this is a rhetorical question. I'm going to give you a little statement. I want you to say it. January 1st, work it out, 2023. I pray that you believe it on December 31st if the Lord hasn't come yet. So here's what I want you to say. Say it with me. I'll say it, then you repeat with me. I need help. Say it again. Say it like you mean it. If you don't mean it, ask God to help you mean it. Helplessness is the starting point. That's what it means to become like a child. So here's what 2023 is. 2023 is the year of asking for help. Is that your goal? That's what prayer is. That's what church family is. Asking for help. That's first thing, helplessness. Second thing is humility, humbleness. So the second thing about being a child is you must choose, listen to what I'm saying, choose and chase lowliness or humbleness. And, and I want you to think about this because Jesus is saying unless you receive the kingdom of God like a child, you cannot enter into it. So you must receive it. And you and I need to realize that this is counterintuitive. We are self-savers. Savers. We try to be our own savior. Got to stop it. And you actually need to be a person who's going to position yourself where you're not receiving the glory and not getting the praise, but you're in a place where you will serve. That's what it means to become like a child. Christmas is the story of someone becoming like a child. Kids, who became a child at Christmas? Boy, okay, that's Sunday school teachers. We've got some work to do. <laughs> no, I know. It's just overcoming shyness. Or you guys were sleeping because I've been preaching loud. Who was born at Christmas? What are we celebrating? Thank you, William. Good answer, brother. <laughs> Jesus was born. The picture of what Jesus is talking about is himself. Coming into the world, he became as a child. He was the greatest stoop down. He chose it, and in this text in Luke, he's chasing it. He is fixed on Jerusalem. He became a child for a reason that he might be humbled, not just humbled by taking on our humanity, he was humbled by taking on my sin. He was the righteous one who was declared unrighteous, brought and humiliated publicly, whipped, scorned, a crown of thorn on his head, hung on a tree, mocked and scorned. He went all the way because he not only chose humility, lowliness, he chased it. Okay, Waterbrook, you gotta chase it got to choose and chase. Learn how to be more okay with being the lowliest person in any situation. Gladly choose to serve humbly and sacrificially. Offer to help. Offer to serve. Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man 
came not to what? To be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So there are a few occasions where Jesus actually takes children, and this is a common illustration, and he does it because we can commonly see it. So the kids in our midst are a constant metaphor. All year long when you hear a child cry or someone run by, right? In the middle of the night you're woken up by that child. Your child doesn't have any problem with being helpless, right? Some of you kids, your parents spent months not sleeping because you weren't afraid to be helpless. Mom! You know what they're doing in the bedroom? You, 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 you. It's your turn, right? In the morning you look at them and they go, man, Mom's getting old fast. Dad's getting old fast. I had hair one time <laughs> before I had children. I'll just tell you, I blame them. They had no problem saying, help. When the car breaks down when they're 17, help. When the class project's due and they didn't get prepared, the science fair's on. When? Tomorrow. Okay, let's experiment. <laughs> Here's the experiment. How many kids in America do their science project at the end? Let's call all the kids in your class. They're all liars. Oh, we've been doing it for months. No, you weren't. Your parents have been doing it for months, right? Humbleness, helplessness. Listen to the description of this from Jesus. Luke chapter 9, he's already done it in Luke's gospel. An argument arose among his disciples as to who was the greatest. Waterbrook, may God help us. Whether it's between one another, whether it's between families, whether it's between churches, my dear friends, none of us are the greatest but one. An argument arose to them as which one is greatest, but Jesus, knowing the reasoning of their heart, knowing their heart, took a child, put him by his side, and said, whoever receives this child in my name receives me. Whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. For who, he who is least among you is what? Great. What's Jesus saying? Jesus is saying that our default mode is not helplessness. Our default mode is not humility. My default mode is self-preservation and self-exaltation. Philippians chapter 2 says that's got to die. Have no selfish ambition, no vain conceit. Not about you, not about you, all about Jesus. Matthew 18, calling to himself a child, Jesus put, them in the, put him in the midst of him and said, truly I say, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of God. Philippians 2, have this mind in yourself, which was also which was yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Thank God. Aren't you glad Jesus did that? Therefore God highly exalted him. That's why Peter says, humble yourself, and then God, or James says, humble yourself and God will raise you up in due time. Peter, James, get those mixed up. They both say it's humility. Therefore, God has exalted and bestowed him on, the, on him the name that's above every name so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is what? Lord to the glory of God the Father. You and I sing our hearts out to Jesus because Jesus became as a child. 
he humbled himself. That's our goal. That's our calling. So let me give you an illustration. Let's imagine you work at Starbucks. And somebody comes in, and they're not particularly a polite customer. Now, we've had several Starbucks baristas in this place, so you can all take it personally, like I'm talking about you. Some of you are currently doing that. Someone comes in, and they're acting rude, and that they, they, need, they need a mommy, even though they're 50 years old. And you're thinking, what is going on here? To humble yourself and become like Christ, the dominant question you have in that situation is not how you exert power and correct people. The question is, Jesus, how would you have me serve here? You go to a family gathering. It's Christmas time. Everybody's supposed to be nice, but there's a lot of selfish people that show up at Christmas. There's one especially in the mirror comes, right? So you're in a gathering together and somebody said something they shouldn't have said. And somebody acts selfishly and we're all out here sweating over the dishes and the pots and pans and they're in there grumbling and complaining. What's the first question that comes to mind? The question that ought to come to mind is, Jesus, what would you do? What did you do? I wasn't just sitting there while you were washing pots and pans. I was sinning there while you are hanging on a cross. To become like a child is not only to choose, but to chase humility. The question I ask when I get out of bed in the morning is, Jesus, how do I serve you so that I might help, that I might manifest you? It, it's, it's not only saying I'm helpless, but it's in my helplessness saying, how do I help? So 2023 is not only the year of asking for help, it's the year of offering help. Waterbrook, that's what, that's the, this is the family meeting. If you stop when people sin, it dries up really fast. If you quit because you're not grateful, you won't go to the cross. He kept going and going, betrayed, denied, mocked, scorned, held by the religious leaders, hypocrisy, power. He's the Lord of the heavens, the Son of God. He could call a thousand angels and crush them right now. And he said, not my will, but thy will be done. Aren't you glad for that? Becoming like a child is... Choosing humility, chasing humility. Now let me, let me give you one more, which is part of what Jesus is saying here. Um, you won't do that if you don't believe God's gonna show up in the middle of that. Amen. And to become like a child is to trust the God who called you to die, to follow, Right? A child trusts their parents intuitively. Let me tell you what sin has done to us. We don't even trust God without the help of the Holy Spirit. We don't do it intuitively. So here's what I want you to do in 2023. Expect and explore God's faithfulness. 
Understand what I'm saying there? That's what faith does. To become as a child is to trust. You've got to expect God to be faithful, but don't just stand there. Go out there and see if he will be. Go out there and see if God will actually meet you in your sorrow, in the middle of the struggle. When you've been disappointed a thousand times, you're going to go in the cave? Or are you going to press on to see what he will do? Because there's a day coming where you'll go, oh, wow, you were actually up to something when I felt like you weren't. Expect and explore God's faithfulness. Determine to be decisively dependent upon God and confident in God's word and spirit. My dear friends, 2023 is a time to hope again in God. I'm inviting you to do that. Not telling you it's easy, but that's what the gift of faith does. To risk following God when every argument in our head, all the cynicism of life, makes us trust our word. Isn't that what the enemy wants you to do? The enemy from the beginning comes and questions the reality of the goodness of God and the promises of his word. Hath God said? That's the enemy lying to you. You need to hear the word of God and say, I want to go and see this thing. Remember the shepherds? Let's go see this thing that the angels have told us. In Scripture, it tells us the Word of God is given to us by the angels. That's the the language of Scripture. The angels come, inspired by God, and God, by the power of the Spirit, gives to apostles and prophets the Word of God. And I read the Word of God and say, let's go explore this. Some of you want to know the truth, want to experience the reality of God through an intellectual gymnastics exercise. My dear friends, God is not gonna jump through intellectual, it doesn't mean you have to be anti-intellectual, but the reality is until you will trust and follow him, you will never experience him. I want you to experience God like you've never experienced him before. Childlike faith is not childish faith. It's brave, it's courageous. Listen to Hebrews eleven, seventeen, describing Abraham. By Abraham, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. Do you remember that scene? God said, offer up your son. He offered up Isaac, who had received the promises. He who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. So here's Abraham God, you said all the promises, all the nations would come through Isaac. Now you want him sacrificed? He comes up. Why? He considered that God was even able to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. What's going on here? God gives him a promise. He gives him a picture of how the end of the story will be. And he goes, go. And there's some turns in the road, and you go, this is not how it was meant to be. This is not the end of the story. And God goes, this is the path. Trust me. Here's the difficulty in being in America in 2023. Everything in the news and in the world around you is meant to make you not believe the promise of God. Cynicism, pessimism, desperation, hopelessness. God says, no way. I'm the God of hope. I'm the God who keeps his word. How do I know? When I said my son would come and save you, did I withhold him? If I didn't withhold my son, will I not along with him 
give you everything? Some of you, all of you need counseling. All of us need counseling. Okay? I hope you're okay with that. If you're not okay with that, well, let's talk later. In, in counseling. <laughs> All of us need the narrative to change that runs through our heads. Jesus was running on the same narrative Abraham was running. Jesus is insanely going to Jerusalem. Everybody's trying to persuade him, don't go to Jerusalem. Everybody's going, what's going? You know, his parents were, everybody's coming in and Jesus is going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. Paul does it later. They don't want him to go to Jerusalem knowing he's going to be resting. He's going, why? Because there was a narrative in the back of their minds. They didn't think the way other people thought. They didn't hear what other people thought. They didn't put the grid on everything. The Rubik's Cube algorithm wasn't, this is going to be a catastrophe. My dear friends, too many of you live with that algorithm defining everything you see. We have a different algorithm. It's the gospel. Jesus Christ died for sin, conquered death, rose from the dead, reigns on high, is returning again. Hope again. Hope. So I have, I have some of you as friends here who are retraining the way you think you're about life. You talk and go, man, I can't believe as I start to journal the thoughts that come in. So I start to talk about the things that go through my mind. How pessimistic, how, how despondent, how despairing, how negative, how hopeless. My dear friends, that is not faith. Children, <laughs> intrinsically, when they call, mommy, they think the door's gonna open. They have the audacity to believe their mother actually loves them. At 3 a.m. for the seventh time. Now the mother's not so sure. <laughs> My dear friends, does God love us? I mean, really. Do you believe it? I mean, do you believe this story? What I want you to do in 2023 is live the kind of life if you actually believe God. That he raises the dead, that he's coming again, that he's going to save the nations, he's changed people's lives. You can walk into some of the most headstrong families, the most difficult circumstances, the, 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 the scenarios that have been just tangling you up for a long time. You can walk into that situation and put these two words, you just need two words, on every narrative, every story, every situation right now. You, have, you only have to put two words in it, but God. The whole story changes because of Jesus. That's what it means to become like a child. There's a seminary professor uh, who had a lot of problems in his life and one of his friends asked him, said, how's it going? <laughs> the end of a season of school and he said, well, there's nothing a good resurrection won't cure. That's not fiction, folks. Resurrection's coming. There's a new day coming. There's a great hope coming. 
Mary, fr friends, we have to rewrite the narrative of our story and fill it with hope. We need to sing it of hope. We have to become like, listen to Psalm 131. When it happens, this is what it looks like. Psalm 139, O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy my things, my, myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. That's a good 3 a.m. verse. But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a what? Weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. Jessica Thompson writes that the psalmist is making a confession of humble dependence on his father. He isn't trying to understand all of life. And in fact, he sees he cannot understand all of life. He says that he does not occupy himself with things too great and too marvelous for him. He's placing all of his hope in the love, power, and care of his father. He is displaying the childlike faith that Jesus commends. What about you? Is that a great line? He is placing all his hope where? In the love, power, and care of his father. So family, 2023 is here. Here's what I want it to be for me. I hope it, you want it for you. 2023 is the year for asking for help. 2023 is the year for offering to help. And 2023 is the year for living in hope. Let's try to remind each other all year long, okay? Let's do that. Let's pray together. Thank you, Father, for this new year that you are the Lord of. This is the year of the Lord, 2023. We measure the year on the basis of the coming of Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God who humbled himself, became a helpless child, served all the way to Calvary, rose in triumph over sin, the devil, and death. He did it, Father, because he believed you. He trusted his Father. He believed in the hope of the resurrection. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Jesus, so live in us that we might admit we're helpless when we are, because we are, that we'd offer help as helpless people to one another by pointing each other to the hope that will never disappoint us. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. God's people said, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to find out more about Waterbrook Christian Church located in Victoria, Minnesota, go to www.waterbrook.church.